welcome to the weekly podcast for City Chapel at Slaughter Creek, the world's okayest church, right here in Austin. Get to know us better at citychapelchurch.com. We're so glad that you joined us today and hope you enjoy the message. So let's jump into um, scripture, let's jump into the sermon. I have kind of a weird sermon today. Um, it's kind of odd. It's even odd for me. It's a little strange, which, which is really weird. Like, my stuff didn't come up on my iPad, so I may have to use my laptop. <laughs> so, Pete, if you can mute the keyboard, um, I may just grab... It's muted? Awesome. Uh, I guess Kirk did that. Or maybe, maybe if I just have it connect. But let's, let's while, while that's connecting, let's turn to 1 Samuel. We're going to work off of the same scripture that we were in last week. Um, but it is important that I, I see my slides here because I have a lot of them at the end. That um, is a little weird. So look at First Samuel. Um, I, I, I don't have my scripture yet on me. First uh, Samuel chapter 14, verse 24. Yeah, and this is a story that we read last week. I want to recap the story um, just in case you guys forgot. This is a story about Jonathan and Saul, Jonathan's father. Jo- Saul is the new king of Israel. They just had a great victory in First uh, Samuel chapter 13. God did some wonderful things, and now they're pursuing the enemy who's on the run, which, by the way, is a great situation to be in uh, if you are the one pursuing. Now, if you're the one running, retreating, it's not good. These guys are winning, is what I'm saying. They're doing well. And in verse 24, it says, Now the Israelites were in distress that day because Saul had bound the people under an oath, saying, Cursed be anyone who eats food before evening comes, before I have avenged myself on my enemies. So none of the troops tasted food. Verse 25, the entire army entered the woods, and there was honey on the ground. When they went into the woods, they saw the honey oozing out. Yet no one put his hand to his mouth because they feared the oath. How many of you know that God will always drop the stuff in your path that you need? He will drop the resources that you need. He will drop the sweetness that you need. Uh, it's there. Now, whether or not you reach out and take it or not, that's a whole other question. But it is there. And so last week, I talked about a key to joy, which is that you need to reach out and take it. Like when God drops these sweet people around you, you need to reach out and connect with them. When God drops these sweet, the word of God, the sweet word of God in your lap, you need to reach out and read it. When, you, when God offers sweet times of prayer in the morning, you need to reach out and meet him there. Like there's some sweet stuff in your life all around us. When God offers sweet children in your life, you need to spend time with them. You know what I'm saying? You need to get to know them. When God God connects you with a sweet spouse, (laughs) this is not a good time to be sarcastic. So don't, 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 not, don't, don't, don't. Everybody's got some sweetness in them. Everybody's got some sweetness. Because God's trying to give you what you need. God's trying to give you joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength, Nehemiah said. And God wants you to be joyful. God wants you to be strong. So he's placed sweetness all about your life. But whether or not you reach out and take it, that's up to you. And so some of us go, go through the journey of life. We don't take time to enjoy the journey. We're too busy trying to get to a destination, right? So Saul is, is forcing everyone into his paradigm, which is we will rest once we achieve victory. But until then, we are not going to enjoy where we are. Guess what, man? If you don't enjoy where you are, you'll never be able to enjoy where you are because even once you get there, that's where you are. <laughs> when you get there, there becomes here. So if you can't enjoy here, you'll never enjoy there. 
This is a kind of circle way of thinking. But anyway, this is how I think. And so God, God drops off honey for them. It would have strengthened them. It would have encouraged them. It would have blessed them. But they're too busy going someplace to enjoy the journey. So this is what happens. They feared the oath, but Jonathan, verse 27, who had not heard that his father had bound the people with an oath, uh, reached out the end of his staff that was in his hand and dipped it into the honeycomb. He raised his hand to his mouth and his eyes brightened. Eyes brightened. That's New King James for he looked healthier. He looked better. Uh, actually, this, 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 this um, phrase is kind of used throughout the Old Testament to, to talk about people who don't look healthy. For instance, Rachel and Leah. You might remember that, that Jacob loved Rachel because Rachel was beautiful, but Leah uh, had weak eyes, I think is what the Bible says. What that means is she looked kind of sickly. She didn't look healthy. Right? She didn't look beautiful like Rachel did. And so in this case, Jonathan and the entire army, they're all looking a little sickly. And he reaches out the end of his staff and he eats some honey and his eyes brighten or he feels better. He looks better. He looks more healthy. Then one of the soldiers said to him, your father bound the army under a strict oath saying, cursed be anyone who eats food today. That's why the men are faint. And Jonathan says, oh, my bad. No, he says, my father has made trouble for the country. This is an interesting response from Jonathan. Jonathan doesn't say, oh, I didn't know. He could have said that because it was true. But instead, Jonathan provides uh, a different perspective. And really, you have to remember, this is being written by a man named Samuel, who's the prophet at this time. This is 1 Samuel. This is the book of 1 Samuel. This is actually written by Samuel after the fact, after all this went down. And Samuel is being used by God to illustrate to his people of his day, but also us, you know, 4,000, 3,500 years later, to illustrate why Saul was not God's chosen, why God was replacing Saul. And here's one of the reasons, because Saul... Uh, is not able to enjoy the journey. He's not able, he, he's impatient, right? And impatience is the thief of joy. A man-made deadline is a thief of God-given joy. When you set your, your heart on something, and, and maybe it's even a God thing, like victory. That sounds like a God thing that God wants him to have. But when you set a man-made timeline to a God-given directive, it will steal your joy. And so what, what Jonathan is doing, he's providing a different perspective. He's providing another angle, really God's angle. He's providing the way that God is thinking in this moment, I believe. That there's these two options. You, you know, uh, last week I talked about the sermon could be titled, Two Men Walk Into the Woods. Really the whole sermon series on joy could be titled, Two Men Walk Into the Woods. Because every time I, I, I look at this passage, I see one man who walks into the woods right? And he's impatient and he's self-reliant. And so he exits the woods hungry. Then I see another man named Jonathan, and he is patient because he is God-reliant, and he exits the woods happy. <laughs> so you're either going to, we all go through the woods. We all go through a time where we haven't got to where we want to go yet. We all go through, the, but the question is, are you going to go through that time hungry, or are you going to go through that time happy? And I feel like God has joy for you, the joy of the Lord. I feel like God, I, I, I want you to come to City Chapel and leave happier than when you came. I don't know, is that, is that, I don't know where we got the idea that church has to be solemn and boring and sad and down and, and the only way to be holy is to be, is to be miserable, right? Like that's the, no, that's not of God. Those people, like Jesus even talked about the Pharisees that they would disfigure their faces when they're fasting. 
So he's, he's like, don't, don't be like them. Like, don't, don't, don't let the sacrifices you're making for God affect the joy you have in God. Don't, 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 don't confuse those. Because then you're not really doing it for the right reasons. You're not really sacrificing. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so even when we sacrifice and give up for God, he actually pours more joy into us. If we're, if, if we're truly connected to him. And so, and so I think church ought to make you happy. I think you ought to come to church and be happier when you leave than when you came. I think you ought to get a fresh perspective on life. I think you, you, maybe you're going through the forest and you're, you're, you're hungry and you're tired and you just feel like, okay, I just got to make it to 2022, right? 2020 almost killed me. 2021 I thought would be better. And lo and behold, it's even worse. And I just got to make it. Look, look let, let, let me just encourage you there. You can have joy before 2022. You can have joy in the journey. You can have happiness right where you're at. And Jonathan provides for us this perspective. He says, he says Saul has troubled the people today. Saul has troubled the country. He, and this is his evidence. He says, see how my eyes brightened when I tasted a little bit of this honey. How much better, he says, would it have been if the men had eaten today some of the plunder that they took from their enemies? Would not the slaughter or the victory over the Philistines have been greater? See, this is, this is the truth, that God wants victory for you. But the greatest victory is always achieved by people who are healthy. He says, you see how my eyes brighten, how I became healthy. You see how, how I did... See, two men walk into the woods, right? Saul walks into the woods... It sounds like the beginning of a joke. It's really not, but it's good for the joy sermon series, right? Two men walk into the woods. Saul walks into the woods, and he's hungry. And yet he has learned to deny his inner need to pursue his external goals. (laughs) Maybe. And guess what? Saul's not the only one. Because I know many people, they keep going to work every day, and their soul is dying. And they, they, they ignore the hunger of their soul <laughs> touch somebody to, yeah you might that might be you i'm just saying like how, how like, i think all of us have gone through the rituals we've done the external goals we made sure the kids were fed we made sure the diapers were changed we made sure that the table was made and the house was clean but we did not take time to take inventory of our souls our interior life. It's like we're keeping all the plates spinning except this one thing right in here. We're paying attention to every need and every person who has a birthday party and they want us to show up to it and every Thanksgiving meal that we need to bring something to. And we're like, we're, we're, we're doing all the things except this thing right here. Saul is so consumed with external accomplishments that he forgets about internal health. And he's used to that. He's used to pushing that down and soldiering on. And what God is saying in this passage is that for Israel, that's not going to work anymore. This is not the way God's moving. This is not the way God's working. He's creating a new path for them, new shoes for a new trail that he's taking them on. And he wants them to have a new way of thinking, a new way of prioritizing, to prioritize health over heroics, to prioritize vitality over victory. Because this, 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 this way of thinking, by the way, it starts inside of Saul, but then Saul leads with his own value system right? He, he, he leads his people in the way that he leads himself, and you'll always do that. So the, the pressure you put on yourself, you'll put on those around you. So the values you have about yourself, you will 
value those around you. In fact, that's why Jesus said that you should love your neighbor as you love yourself because the, the level that you love yourself, this is the level that you love those around you. And this is the level Saul loves himself is that he is used to denying his internal need in order to accomplish external victories. And so he puts that same pressure on everyone else. And so there are, there are entire, you, you might work in an organization where this is the, this is the way that it works. Nobody cares about your, your mental health. Nobody cares about whether how you feel about the situation. It's like, did you accomplish the external goals? And that's all that matters. And if you didn't, we'll grab somebody else and stick them into this, this cog and this wheel, and we'll just make the machine work. And it's not just like secular jobs. I mean, churches can be like that as well, because pastors can be so consumed with external validation that they forget about internal health. And they'll sacrifice their people's health because, well, we need somebody to do this today. Wow. Man, if you're, not, if, you're not, if you're not under somebody, you got to have somebody who cares about your soul. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody, I, maybe your boss doesn't care about your soul, and maybe that's not his job, right? So maybe that's not going to happen. Maybe the president of the United States doesn't care, doesn't care about your soul. Maybe that's never going to happen. I don't know. But you need, that's why you need the community of faith. You need to be at least a part of a, of a family of God where you have a father and a mother in the faith who cares about your soul, who asks you, who, who asks you how you're doing, not just how you're contributing to the church, right? But who you are, are you growing? Are you healthy? Because, you know, because, because God doesn't want you to fight hungry. God doesn't want you to fight hungry. He doesn't want you to work hungry. He doesn't want you to parent hungry. He doesn't want you to, to be a husband or a wife hungry. Because, because I'm convinced that many issues that we have in our life that we call sin is really just the, re, it's the result of doing life hungry. We haven't been satisfied with the sweetness of Jesus. We haven't been satisfied with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so we go to our spouse and try to get satisfied from her. We go to our work and try to get satisfied there. We're looking, we're fighting hungry and you're never meant to fight hungry. You're meant to be filled up by the sweetness of Jesus and then enter into the battle and then enter into your marriage and then enter into your dating relationship and then enter into the workplace, but full, filled on the inside, right? So that external battles are just external so that we don't react out of internal hunger because what happens and you see in the story that they can't even fight right. When they're fighting hungry, they can't fight right because they're so hungry. Because they never dealt with the internal need, and the internal need ends up bleeding out into the outside world. And it does affect your, out, your exterior actions and activities and goals. And so God is presenting to us two different priorities. One prioritizes external uh, accomplishments or, or just getting things done. And the other prioritizes being who God's called you to be, being fulfilled, being healthy. He says, didn't you see how my eyes brightened? Did you see how healthy I became when I ate this? And by the way, honey is actually healthy. It's got like antioxidants in it. Um, I guess when it mixes with the juices in your body, it, it, it turns into like, like, like peroxide that can heal wounds and stuff, which if you've been fighting all morning, you probably, with, 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 which, with large blades, you probably have a few wounds. On the, ar the army needs some of this. God's providing what they need, both sweet and satisfying and medicinal it, it's actually doing stuff and so that's what i'm talking when i'm talking about the joy of the lord i'm not talking about pretending to be happy i'm not talking about denying what's going on around you i'm talking about actually replacing your 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 your, your anxiety with the joy of the lord receiving 
the sweetness of Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and then going into life from that place. And so today I want to talk to you about that. Last week I talked about you need to enjoy the journey. But today I, I want to talk to you about that you need to enjoy the healthy. And right off the bat when I say that, I know it's a bit tricky. And that's why this a lot. And then I married somebody who likes to eat healthy. And I don't like to eat healthy. And so she would always bug me to eat healthy. But um, about five years ago, I actually started eating more healthy. So it was during, it was during uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. We normally would do the Daniel fast. And so those of you that are new to City Chapel, um, every January we take the first three weeks. It's coming, so just get ready for it. And we encourage everybody to spend time fasting and praying. And so a lot of us do what's called the Daniel fast, which you can read about it in Scripture. We'll be sharing about it as, as the time approaches. But we spend extra time getting together and praying, and then we also have daily devotionals, and we have ways to start the year connecting reconnecting to God for some of us, but really just renewing that connection. And part of that is through fasting. And so we had been doing the Daniel fast for a few years, and it's always miserable for my flesh, which is what it's supposed to be, right? So you can't eat like anything on the Daniel fast except like, like nuts and fruit and um, like whole wheat and vegetables. Yeah. And I like whole wheat bread and I, all the stuff I hate is all the stuff I don't like. And like, there's no sugar, there's no carbs, there's no like all this stuff. And so, and so it's always been miserable. But one year, like five years ago, Rose said, let's try something a little different. Let's try doing more like a paleo thing, which is where you take out the whole wheat bread. So you don't have any bread at all, but you add meat in there. And I was like, well, I like meat. So just lean meat. Like, let's go that route. Let's try that. And so, and it, and it was not as painful on my flesh. It really wasn't. But, but I found that actually healthy could be enjoyable. Because in my mind, healthy never equaled enjoyable. You know what I'm saying? And I think, I think for most of us, it is that way. Because in our culture, things that are good for you are seen as eh, not that fun. It's just healthy is not usually sexy. It's not usually, like, attractive. It's not usually like, oh, yeah, I want that. You know what I mean? Like, like, like with regard to food, like, as soon as I start asking you about Thanksgiving, what's, what's going to be on your plate? Like, yeah, macaroni casserole, not healthy. I'll just throw this out there right now. I'm not an expert, but um, that's not healthy, right? And, like, you get those, you get the, the what is it, the, 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 the sweet potato with, like, all of the, all of the stuff in it that totally gets rid of all the health. Like, it's just, it's like a dessert, but they're like a sweet potato. Just because you call it pumpkin pie doesn't mean it's not pie, and pie is unhealthy. Like, let's be honest. And yet, all the stuff that we think about as it's coming up, it's like, Pastor Harry's going to ruin Thanksgiving. He's going to ruin, he already, he already torpedoed Halloween. Now he's going to torpedo on it. No, it's all right. I'll, I'll leave Christmas alone, I promise, all right? Have all the candy you want, okay? But I'm just saying that when we think of good things, we think of unhealthy things usually. And when we think of healthy things, we think of, eh. You know, like, I don't know. Some, some people, like my wife, was, was raised to enjoy. I think a lot of it comes back to what you were raised to enjoy. Because she was raised to enjoy healthy food. And so for her, healthy food is, is good. Like, she enjoys that. But for me, and I think for most of us, is like, ah, you know, let's celebrate. We got a raise. Let's go out and split an asparagus. Like, you'll have half an asparagus. I'll have half. Woo! We're throwing it down. We're just cutting loose, letting our hair down. Like, no, that's not what you do. You go to the Cheesecake Factory, and you rock out some cheesecake. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go to Dairy Queen, you get a blizzard. You do things that are unhealthy because it's fun. <laughs> 
because unhealthy is fun. And there's this weird paradigm in our, in our, in, in our culture that, that unhealthy is pleasurable and healthy is unpleasurable. Same thing with physical exercise. You know, the, <laughs> all right, I got some amen corner right here. <laughs> we talked to this side. She already got it. You all need to. No, I mean, like, if, if I were to ask you, like, what are you going to do this afternoon, right? It's Sunday afternoon, you got the day off. Like, are you going to go home, kick up on the couch, and watch the game? <laughs> exactly. If I wasn't doing Kairos this afternoon, that's what I would want to do. That sounds enjoyable to me. I like that. And then I'll watch the next game. Then I'll watch the evening game. Like, it'll be great. But we all know, but we all know that a sedentary lifestyle is not healthy, right? Like, we, 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 all, we all know that, right? That we should go running every now and then. We should get out and walk every now and then. Like, we, we know that you need to get the blood flowing and things. Like, we all know that it's healthy. But yet, when we think about binging on Netflix or going for a two-mile jog, it's like, eh, Netflix. Now, some of you are weird. Some of you like running. You like sweating. And you're like, I don't want to watch Netflix. I want to go to the gym and work out for a few hours. Like, okay, cool. But, but for a lot of us, a sedentary lifestyle, which is unhealthy, is our preferred method. It's our preferred choice. I'd rather sit in my car than walk there. Like, I'll sit in my car and drive there than walk there. I'll find the closest parking spot. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because then I don't have to walk that far. And when I find the closest walking spot, I'll go, favor, thank you, Jesus. I pull in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I give him all the glory for all the, all the sedimentary lifestyle that I'm continuing. <laughs> I do. And, and it kind of, it kind of, it used to annoy Ro. Now she just kind of chuckles. She's like, yeah, it's favor. I know. But, you know. It's, 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 it's weird how healthy is unenjoyable. This is true. This is true in, in, in the way that we eat. This is true in the way that we live. This is also true in relationships. So many times. So many times. No, no, like, 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 okay, so, so, so going to counseling as a couple is healthy. All right? And yet many people, they are like, they, when they have, when they feel like they have to do that, it's like the last straw, they're in a bad place, they're really struggling, and it's like, wait a minute, why is seeking wisdom from somebody else like a bad thing? Why is getting like perception and, and, and another perspective and, and the humility to say, look, this is, what, this is where I am, this is where she is, you know, can you maybe help us find a way to connect? Why is that seen as, as like, ugh? Do we have to? Do we have to go? To, really? Like, we would rather go on a vacation. Right? Take your money instead of paying the counselor. Go, go on vacation. Because then you can put that on Facebook and everybody thinks you're doing great. And then also it's like it changes things up. And so you actually sort of don't argue as much because you're too busy chasing the kids around Disney World. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we, we would rather do something that just perpetuates the unhealthy patterns that we have rather than learn some healthy ways of communicating or talking or working at things out. It's like, and, and, and it's, it's, it's not, because, because you don't ever see a Hallmark movie where like the couple, they're fighting, they're upset at each other, and then they decide to start going to church, join a small group, go to counseling, and over two years they rekindle their love. And like, that's not a Hallmark movie plot. But that's actual real life, how you get healthy. It doesn't happen all at once. He doesn't chase you in the taxi. And uh, it doesn't, like 30 minutes doesn't fix it all. <laughs> like that's unhealthy. I mean, listen, like, listen to the radio. Listen to any of the songs. They're, they're not songs about healthy individuals engaging in healthy relationships. 
I'm just looking at the top 10. It's like codependency, 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 codependency. <laughs> Try to walk away and you stumble. Try to hide it. It's clear your world crumbles and he's not here. Anyway, I'm just saying like we, we, pray, we, we elevate, we, we praise unhealthy because unhealthy is fun to us. It's enjoyable, that rush, that huge attraction without any long-term commitment. Like that's, 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 that's unhealthy and we, we want that. We want the sugar rush of, of, of Dairy Queen. We, and, and I'm right there. I'm, I'm in the same culture. I grew up in the same place. Look, we all grew up in the same place. And then I read Jonathan here, and he's reaching out for something healthy, and he's enjoying it. And I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> how do you enjoy it? And this is what our talk was when we were talking about dieting. I said, I really don't think any change you make will ever be permanent if it, does not, if it doesn't accompany joy if you don't enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? You can make changes because it's, oh, I have to. <laughs> and you can do that for a while. But you were created for joy. You were created for enjoyment. Human beings are the only species that were not created to be dominated by another. All right, so we have a, we have a puppy dog, Bolt. He loves being dominated. He loves for us to tell him what to do. If we just tell him what to do, he loves it because he was created to serve us. He was created to be dominated. But humans, we were not created to be dominated by anybody. We were created to be in relationship with our creator where he finds joy in us and we find joy in him. Therefore, we were not created to be dominated. We were created to be motivated. And, and, and if a change, if you're trying to make a change without enjoyment, that's domination. You're like, okay, I just have to submit to this just because I, just God said so. But if you don't learn how to enjoy the healthy, it won't stick because you'll always return to what brings you joy. I think most people are, like, this is what we call sin. It's trying to find our joy outside of the will of God. Like this, everybody you know is searching for joy, and that's why they're doing what they're doing. Everybody is looking for joy, and there's nothing wrong with that. We were created for God. The joy of the Lord was meant to be our strength, so we were created for joy. So the great question is, how do you enjoy healthy? How do you enjoy healthy food? How do you enjoy healthy uh, exercise? How do you enjoy healthy relationships? How do you become attracted to someone who is healthy? <laughs> you know, I, I, how, do you, how do you enjoy healthy spiritual habits? You know what I'm saying? Because like some of us, it's like, yes, okay, I know I should read my Bible, I know it's healthy, but it's not enjoyable. Far more enjoyable to do other things. I know I should pray and spend time with God on a daily basis, but it's not enjoyable. So sometimes when I'm up on my game and my discipline, then, then it's going well. But as soon as I let it slip and I start doing what I enjoy, <laughs> then I don't do that anymore. So the great question of life, both, I mean, I think personally, I think relationally, I think spiritually, and, and just mentally and emotionally, how do we learn to enjoy what is healthy? <laughs> and that's why I say this is kind of a weird sermon, because normally, you know, you have this, this point, you drive it home in the Word of God, but in this case, this, this scripture just brought up more questions, I think, than it did answers. I see this guy who has, who has a priority that's different from his father's, that's different from everybody else's, and he enjoys it. It tastes sweet to him, and it does good things for him, and he says, look at this, check this out. Like, this is true also in finances. I was talking to Ro about this. You know, most couples, when they're like, okay, we need to have a budget meeting. This is not a sexy diet. You know what I'm saying? 
the budget meeting is not a sexy time. This is, uh, this is like, ah, uh, man. Like, who wants to restrict our spending? Enjoyable is when you have so much money that you don't have to budget. You don't have to think about it. You just kind of spend whatever you want to spend, save what you want, whatever you want to save, and like everything's going great. But when you have to have a budget meeting, that means things are getting tight, and you're going to have to spend less. <laughs> and so, but it's healthy. It's healthy to have a budget. It's healthy to know where your money is going and where it came from and how much of it you got and what your plans are with it. And are you honoring God with it? It's healthy to know. Are you actually, does, does, your, does your Capital One account reflect what you say at church? Does it reflect even what you say to each other about, about yourself? Does it reflect your values? It's just healthy to sit back and, and to look at that. But for some reason, we see it as unenjoyable. So the great question is, how do you start to enjoy budgeting? <laughs> how do you start to enjoy healthy eating? How do you start to enjoy healthy spiritual practices throughout the week? How do you start to enjoy serving? Like most people are fairly busy, tied up with all of their own lives. And then it's like, well, so we're going to go feed the homeless? Like, I don't have time to do that. I'm going to pack food for kids on Tuesday night. I'm, I'm, I'm busy watching Netflix. I got too much going on. I got to catch up on that, on that series, right? Like we, we, our lives are full of ourselves, which is not healthy, and we know it. And we know that when we serve, we feel good. We know that when we give to others, we feel better. We know that it's healthy. We know that we look better, right? Like Jonathan said, man, look, I ate from this healthy thing, and boom, I'm feeling better. Look, we know that. We know when we spend time in the Word that we feel better. When we spend time with God, we look better. We feel better. We have a better outlook on life. But we, 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 we don't, if we don't enjoy it, we won't maintain it. And so I guess it provided more questions for me. And as I uh, began just meditating on this and praying about this, Lord, how can I help people practically? How can I practically help them learn to enjoy stuff that I know is good for them, that you know is good for them, that they know is good? Here's, here's a good poll. How many of you know there's something that's good for you in your life right now that you think you should probably be doing, but you just can't find the motivation to do it on a consistent basis. All right, so if you think you're alone, look around. Like, is all of us, and there's different ones, right? Some of us are great at physical exercise. Some of us are great at eating healthy. Some of us are great at spiritual disciplines. I think a lot of it does have to do with the way that you were brought up, because the way that you were brought up did help um, shape what you, what you see as um, uh, good. And so this is interesting, though, because you do change as you grow up. You're going to write things change. Uh, we, Ro and I were talking about this because when it comes to, in, in many ways, my parents are watching right now, in uh, many ways my parents helped me enjoy healthy relationship with God. Um, that, that was a good thing in our home. That was a great thing in our home. And I know some of you didn't grow up that way. But for me, um, I'm blessed. I was, I was brought up in a, in a home where relationship with God, where, where healthy confessing of sin and turning to Him and relying on Him or being filled with the Holy Spirit was, these things were all promoted. This was good. This was healthy. In fact, you know, when, when I was little, mom would be like, all right, you have to have 10 minutes of prayer time today. And, and we were like, we were provided because so much of it is what you what you grow up on and what you taste what you what your taste buds work work and so for me i was presented with a god who was thoroughly enjoyable and i know some of you weren't some of you were presented with like a king james bible and told to read it or you go to hell 
And that's not enjoyable. And I don't blame you for not liking that. I don't blame, like, I wouldn't like that either. I wasn't, that's not the God I was presented with. I was presented with a personal, personal God who was there for me, who was there with me, who spoke to me, whose word came alive on my lap. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was real. And so I didn't have to struggle to believe that God was real. I experienced him at a very early age. And a lot of that's because my parents, my parents were experiencing him. My parents were promoting him. My parents were, were, were funneling us in that direction. So we learn to value these things. So it's not difficult for me to pray on a daily basis. It's not. I enjoy it. I figured out that, you know, taste and see the Lord is good. I figured out he's really good. And it's awesome. But I know some of us didn't get that as kids. And so probably a good way for me to relate is while my parents were wonderful at, at teaching us to enjoy healthy relationship with God and even healthy interaction with others, which is something that, that some of us didn't grow up with either. So I, I had those two things going for me. Um, but what I didn't, where they totally dropped the ball, is when it comes to food. Like, they did not teach me to enjoy healthy food. And I know maybe, I don't know, this is the unfair thing of having kids. I'm now 41, and I can say whatever my perspective is, and they're on the other side of the camera. Maybe they have a different perspective, so I'll, I'll allow for that. I know, I, I know they tried sometimes. I, I, I do know that. Like, Mom would, you know, get a can of vegetables and put it in boiling water and, you know, put some Brussels sprouts on our plate, and, like, you have to finish it. Like, you got to finish your whole plate or else you get a spanking. Right. I, I remember those evenings. I, I must say, what I don't think, from my perspective, that, that that was very often. I remember a lot of pizza growing up. <laughs> I remember a lot of hamburger helper. I remember a lot of spaghetti. I remember eating cereal for dinner multiple times where you add sugar on top of the sugary cereal. So I'm just saying I remember ice cream at bedtime, taking a bowl to my bed, eating that, not brushing my teeth. Like, I remember things like that. And maybe it's just my perspective. I don't know. I remember Dairy Queen. I remember Taco Bell. A lot of Taco Bell. I remember McDonald's. A whole lot of McDonald's. I remember Burger King. I remember Wendy's. I remember all the I remember hot and hot and now. I remember we we had a hot and now, which is like a it's anyway it's kind of like In and Out, but it's different. But anyway, like like I remember Arby's. Like I like that's what those are the things I remember eating. And but occasionally, Mom would be like, "Okay, we need to have some lean meat, some chicken," which Peter didn't like because he said it was dry and he couldn't swallow it. And vegetables, you know, and so here's some, and it was never like, I don't remember mom putting much like um, effort into the vegetables. Now this might be her, her story might be totally different. She might have slaved away over that stove for hours and her ungrateful son was like, what is this squash? What is going on here? What is it? You know, that could be like Brussels sprouts. Like I hate Brussels sprouts. And like, so she just like puts it on her plate and you had to eat it. Like, or else you got a spanking. Like, that's the way it worked. Um, we did not spare the rod and spoil the child at our house. We, and so I remember one time, Peter, Peter decided he wasn't going to eat it. Now, now if you, so that, we've been sitting there at the dinner table for quite a while. And so I'm going to tell on my parents, but this is, not, this is not a bad thing. This is, I think this is a good thing. They set a, a timer where we had like five minutes to finish our vegetables, right? Because this was dragging on and on and on and on. And so they're like, okay, you have five minutes to finish. So as soon as I saw the timer, I'm like, well, I'm going to finish my vegetables. I'm going to choke them down, gag them down. But Peter was a little more stubborn than me. And so he's three years younger than me. And he's like, and he's like, so he just sat there, right? So the timer goes down to zero. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's weeping and gnashing of teeth. His dad takes him into the bathroom, you know, tans his, his rear end and brings him back out. And he thought he was like done. He's like, okay, so he, he suffered the, the punishment, 
But dad's like, no, 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 you get five more minutes to finish your vegetables. There was more weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I don't know how long this went on. Pete could probably tell you. It was like, was it three times or just twice? Like on the third or after the third? I don't remember if it was on the third or after the third that Pete finally choked it down. And I, like, I'm done and I'm waiting for Pete so we can go outside and play. And I'm like, just eat the vegetables. This isn't going to end well, you know. Just come on. <laughs> yeah, look, look just, this is what I did. I'm happy. I mean, I ate the vegetables. But that's my, that's my experience with vegetables. I didn't like vegetables growing up. And hardly any, like I like broccoli because you could add a lot of cheese to it. And that was good. But just regular old, I mean, just, just, just throw it in the, the boiling water and put it on your plate. I just, eh, I, didn't, I wasn't into it. And then when I grew up, then, okay, I make my own decisions. And I don't eat vegetables. I go to college, and I get brownie batter, and I never make the brownies, right? I just get a big bowl of batter, get some ice cream, and just kind of go through a half gallon of ice cream with the brownie batter. It's good stuff. Y'all try it sometimes. <laughs> it is the joy of the Lord. Is is right. <laughs> just kidding. That's not healthy. It's not healthy. Don't do that. That is... There's so much cholesterol in that. There's so much fat. And oh my gosh, I would go get those giant um, Reese's peanut butter cups from, from Cracker Barrel, you know. It's 30 grams. No, it was 60 grams of fat per, per cup. And uh, those giant ones, you know, from Cracker Barrel. Anyway, that was a good time. Anyway, I know all about unhealthy eating, but I don't know much about healthy eating. Never learned to enjoy it. You know, and, 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 I, and I think my parents did the best they could. Obviously, we didn't have a lot of money, so unhealthy eating is a lot easier and cheaper. And so, as I was, so, so for me, I was like, okay. So I just Googled, in preparation for today's sermon, I, I Googled, how do you enjoy eating healthy? <laughs> maybe, the, maybe Google can help me preach my sermon. Because I don't know. No, no, no. Some of the suggestions were good. First off, it said you have to... You do have to have the discipline of cutting out the unhealthy thing that you've been replacing healthy with. And I did notice that when I was fasting. I had a 21 days of prayer and fasting, right? I didn't have any sugar. I didn't have any caffeine. I didn't have any carbohydrates. And when you don't have any sugar, you don't have any caffeine, you don't have any carbs, strawberries taste pretty darn good. <laughs> You're like, wow, man, this is so sweet, you know? Raspberries are like, oh, I think I'm getting a cavity just eating this, like... It's so sweet when you don't have all of the fake processed sugar that, that, that's, that's taking your taste buds and, like, destroying them. You just overload all the time. It's like, wait a minute. This does taste. I do enjoy grapes and strawberries and bananas and all that kind of stuff. It's, now, when I'm looking at, like, ice cream or bananas, I'm like, ah, I'll take the ice cream. But, but, but if, you, if you do spend some time to cut out some of these substitutes... And, and, and spiritually speaking, man, there are things we do to numb our conscience. Just like, just like physically you can, you can overload your taste buds, I mean, you can overload your conscience. There's like, like some, some of us, and this is why the old school, I don't know if it's the right term, but old school religion, I guess, where you come to church and they tell you what not to do, all the stuff not to do, that's why it worked sometimes. Because actually, it's really helpful to cut out R-rated movies. Not because they'll send you to hell, but because it's, 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 it's numbing your conscience. 
It's actually pretty good to cut out listening to some of the music you've been listening to, not because it'll send you to hell, but because it's numbing your conscience. It's, it's, it's all this junk in. That's why it's actually good maybe sometimes to stop listening to Oprah and stop listening to some of these self-help gurus because you can listen to them a little bit, and that's fine. They're not going to send you to hell, but at the same time, it's overload. They're telling you all this nonsense about how awesome you are and wonderful you are and great you are, and then you come to the Word of God, and it's like, vegetable didn't taste very good i like the ice cream just give me just give me the, the candy bar i'll take the candy bar but you can't live on candy bars and so sometimes it's not that it's not that healthy is unsweet it's that you have overloaded yourself with way too much sweet that's actually at an unhealthy level and you cannot appreciate the beauty of healthy you know what I mean? So sometimes it's really helpful to have the discipline to say, okay, I'm going to cut out the substitutes, all the things I've been substituting, right? Because even, even being married, right? And you're married for a number of years and, 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 and you might say, okay, well, how do we, how do we bring the spark back right? within my marriage? How do I, how do I, how, how do I, how do I reignite the spark? Well, well, I don't really know, <laughs> Uh, I think that's a journey. I'm still trying to figure that one out. But what I can tell you is some of the substitutes aren't helping, right? Like pornography, that's not helping. That's hurting. You're overloading yourself with fake reality, and that's not helping. And so there's certain things that you can cut out of your life that are not healthy. And you don't even realize the damage it's doing to your healthy. Because it's not, just, it's not just the damage that it is in itself. It's also the fact that it is replacing and overriding a desire for the good. And so if you find yourself in a place where you can't appreciate your spouse physically anymore, look around at ways in which you are substituting that. Look around at ways in which you, you are not letting the healthy become attractive to you. And the same is true in dating, right? If you want to be attracted to healthy people, stop hanging around with unhealthy people. Just don't date them. <laughs> as soon as you realize, wait a minute, this person, okay, I'm done. It's not a judge. You're not being mean. You just have to look out for it. You have to tend to your own appetites. And the best way to do that is to have the discipline to reject unhealthy appetites. So seriously, if you want to get healthy physically, I mean, I would recommend cutting out sugar just even for a while and then slowly bring it back in. And when you cut it out, you realize, oh my gosh, I've been eating so much sugar all the time. And, 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 and actually, like, do some research on this, okay? Because I've talked to people, and they're like, yeah, I tried the eating healthy once, and, you know. And look, what they meant is, like, they got a Diet Coke at McDonald's, you know, instead of, like, the real. I'm like, that's not healthy. That's not—it says diet. It does, that's not what it means. It means aspartame. That's what it means, which is a chemical, which is really bad for you. Like, don't drink this. Like, so literally actually seek some help. Maybe get some, get, get, get some advice. We have people at City Chapel that are really great at this. Right? And uh, they're, they're great at eating healthy. Talk to them. People that are doing it. Don't get advice from people who aren't where you want to be. If you're, if you're, if you're struggling to get, to get financially healthy, don't listen to gurus on Facebook who promise you if you pay them X amount of dollars, they'll train you to this. There'll be the secret way that you'll make money. No. Talk to people who actually have a million dollars in the bank. How did you do it? Nine chances out of ten, you're going to find that they, they, they were disciplined, they didn't buy junk they didn't need, and they didn't get in debt. You know? And they had certain value systems, like Jonathan has a value system. He steps into the woods with a value system. He values what is healthy. 
So it doesn't happen overnight. And so I, I really believe, first off, you need to cut out some of these negative influences, some of these replacements, some of these things that are, that are clouding your vision and clouding your ability to value and to have a healthy appetite. And then secondly, they, they, they recommended that you eat at a fancy restaurant. Um, which I always recommend that. I think that is always a good idea, quite frankly. But they said, go to a fancy restaurant and order something healthy. And the reason is because you might not know how to cook healthy in a way that tastes good. Because if, you don't, if you're not used to eating healthy, you try to cook healthy. This is all about food, but I, I hope you understand I'm talking about your entire life. In other words, like if you want to learn how to pray Get around somebody who knows how to pray. Well, they pray well. <laughs> they pray in a way that doesn't put you to sleep. They pray in a way that they actually kind of believe what they're praying. And maybe their prayers are actually heard. They get results. If, 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 if people that you're asking for prayer, if they don't see results in their life, don't ask them to pray for your life. Why would you do that? No, I want people who, who storm the gates of heaven and actually get results. And it's not all about results, but it counts. <laughs> the prayers of a righteous man uh, availeth much. Like, so, okay, do your prayers avail much? If not, I'll go to somebody else. And there's no judgment on you. I'm just, maybe that's not, maybe you haven't yet. Maybe you're not where I want to be. Like, you're where I want to be. So I'm going to hang out with you. In this, in this area. Now, now in, in, with regard to health, there's some people that maybe they're not where you want to be, but they're great prayer warriors, right? And so, okay, I'll, I'll learn from you in prayer, and I'll learn from them in health. So there's different, different ones of us have different strengths. But, but if you're looking to, to, to beef up your prayer life, man, get around people who pray. If you're looking, if you're looking to get around to, uh, to enjoy the Word of God, hang out with people who enjoy the Word of God, who like to talk about it, and they like to think about it, and they like to read about it, and they like to study it. And they, they're, they're listening to it in their free time, right? They're on YouTube listening to sermons and stuff, just, just and they commute to work just because they enjoy it. Get around those people because they've learned something you haven't learned yet. They figured out that this really healthy thing is also really sweet too. And that's true. That's true in terms of relationships, man. You want to have a healthy marriage, get around people who have relatively healthy marriages, maybe not perfect, but man, they're a little bit further down the road than you are. Same thing with single people. You want to start dating well, get around someone who's, who has dated well. And it's like, okay, you're attracted to healthy. What are you thinking? How, how, how do you evaluate this? Get their, get their feedback. Get their opinions. Not every opinion is worth the same amount. Not every restaurant is the same. <laughs> you, go, you go to Wendy's and order their salad. Not a good idea. Because <laughs> it tastes awful, and it's not, it's not introducing you to healthy. Whereas you go to the French Quarter in New Orleans and get like this weird vegetable mix on top of your salmon, it's like to blow your mind. It's like heaven on a plate. It's crazy. At the Redfish Grill uh, in downtown New Orleans. I mean, if you're wondering where to go, if you happen to go there, Redfish Grill, man, oh my gosh, get the Redfish. But I don't like vegetables, but I love that. I don't know what that is. I don't know what they did. I don't know what they added or how they prayed over it. And I mean, like, like I, Benny Hinn laid his hand on it, maybe. I don't know. It was like, woo, it, was, it changed. I mean, it metamorphosized into something amazing. But the difference is what they did with it. And so the same is true with, 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 with God. If, if you grew up and you don't enjoy God, don't go to a church that also doesn't enjoy God. Don't go to a church that also is like, here's, here's a Bible, go read it, do something. 
Like, no, do, do it, do it, go to a church. That's how it sounds, exactly like that. That's a quote. That's a quote. Yeah. I don't know, it just came out. I don't know where that came from. But man, no, be a, be a part of a church. They may have a southern accent, but they, but they, but they have the joy of the Lord. And you can tell when you walk into a place if people like each other. You can tell if people actually talk to each other. You can tell if there's like also if there's rifts and there's there's clicks and there's don't 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 do that, right? Hang out hang out with people that are doing it well. Go to a nice restaurant and order healthy food and see how they cook it. You might just like Brussels sprouts when cooked well with seasoning and added with all kinds of other stuff. You might just actually say, okay, this is doable. This is, this is, okay, this isn't my fave, but this is doable. I can start to enjoy healthy. And then you repeat it. And repetition brings enjoyment. And then you celebrate it. <laughs> you celebrate it. You, what, what gets celebrated gets repeated. In your life, what you celebrate gets repeated. I remember, uh, man, a while ago, maybe a year or two years ago, Micah um, came and uh, it was really bothering. He was in prayer, and he was, there was something really bothering him, and so he came and shared it with, with, uh, with me and just felt like he had to share something that he had done. Um, and it was really bothering him. And, and it's true, what he had done was not good. And I'm not going to share it because that's between him and Jesus and you all, or, uh, and me. <laughs> I'm not bringing you all into it. Um, but the point is that he was, he was super sorry, and he was, he was broken. He was crying, and he was just... And so we talked about it, and it wasn't good. And so we started talking about, well, what, what would God have you do other than that? Like, what's, and so we, we, we worked through that. And then I came downstairs and shared with Roka, this is what he did, yada, yada, yada. And I said, but I'm just, you know, he's really sad, but I'm just so proud of him that he came and confessed it and that he actually feels bad about it. And that, you know, like, this is all really good. Now, 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 if you're looking for victory, this is not good because you want a kid that always does the right thing. But if you're looking for vitality, for health, this is really good. He didn't do the right thing, but he felt bad afterward, and he shared it with me when he didn't have to. He was honest. He had, so there's, that's really great. And so I went back upstairs, and I, I said, hey, bud, uh, you want to go get some ice cream? <laughs> so again, I am, I, am, I am reinforcing the unhealthy food. But honestly, I was so proud of him that I just, like, I wanted to sort of shock him because he felt really bad. And he didn't know that I was feeling really good. <laughs> and sometimes I think heaven is feeling really good, and we're feeling really bad. And so I think our Heavenly Father, sometimes he's just, he's just thrilled, maybe that we're not where we want to be, but that we are moving forward, that, we, that, we're, that we're doing we're, this, this thing in here, we're prioritizing that. And I was like, man, I'm so proud of you. I just think it would be great if we go get some ice cream and uh, go to Arby's and get the Jamocha shake, you know, and, which he really likes. And so, once again, I'm perpetuating the unhealthy. My kids will stand up. They'll preach to you about how dad was unhealthy in his food, and, and uh, the Lord will do his work. But at the end of the day, like, the, I do, and I guess I am like my parents in that, I do prioritize spiritual health over physical health. And so, yeah. Pray for me. That's something I'm working on, okay? Because it is all connected, by the way. I've definitely noticed that. Emotional health and spiritual health, very connected. Physical health and spiritual health, very connected. And I've seen, I've seen, I've seen people where their physical health starts impacting their spiritual health. And I don't think that's God's plan for you. And I don't even think it's necessary. 
I literally think that sometimes we could make changes to be healthier. Same thing with financial health. I've seen people under financial burden, good, godly people, and yet they're in debt up to their nose. And they find it so hard to trust God. That's a spiritual problem. Your financial problem can create a spiritual problem because it's connected. And so really all you have to do is you just need to work on your financial problem. You need to work perhaps on your emotional needs. You need to work on some of these relational issues because that can also mess you up. A, a marriage in turmoil can make you want to give up on God and give up on everything. But God, God doesn't want that for you. God wants you to have strength. And so what I, how I want to end today's sermon, I am bringing it to a close, just with some practical helps, okay? Obviously, being filled with the Holy Spirit is where to start. Feasting on the sweetness of Jesus, that's where you start. Uh, to not fight hungry, right? To not be married hungry, to not parent hungry, to not work, go to school hungry. You start with Jesus, and you start with being filled with the Holy Spirit. You start with opening yourself up to the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But I want to give you some other, some other things. And so first off, um, there's something called the Bible Project. I want to give you some slides. I was talking to David back a few months ago, and he was sharing with me how he had found the Bible Project, and it's helped him with his Bible reading. Um, this is something I've been enjoying for about a decade. Uh, the Bible Project is a, is, a, is a couple of guys that put together these overviews of, of each and every book of the Bible. And it's really, how many of you have seen the Bible Project? You've heard of it? Okay. Yeah, it's very enjoyable. And anytime I'm preaching on a book of the Bible, I always watch their thing because it's this cool little five-minute sketch. And it's kind of funny. It's also kind of, it's very informative. So it's enjoyable. And so for some of us, we don't start reading the Bible because literally we don't understand the context. We don't know why that that connects to that and what that has to do with that and it's confusing to us so i want to give you this resource now i'm not saying i agree with everything the bible project guys teach they they have a whole like biblical themes series and, and i'm i don't align with their theology necessarily or really their doctrine it's their doctrine but anyway but this this link oh um, this link right here, um, if you scan this QR code, this will take you to their overview of the New Testament. And so what you do is you take out your cell phone. I don't, I have an Apple. If you have Apple, you just zoom in with your, with your camera. And so if you zoom in on that QR code, it'll take you to their, um, their, their YouTube uh, link with the overview of the New Testament. And I think this would be a very enjoyable, it works, technology works. I think this would be a very enjoyable like way for you to get started. You're like, I don't know how to read the Bible. It's, it's confusing to me. It's a big deal. No, this, these, these guys will help bring it down to your speed, my speed, and it'll help you understand a little more in an enjoyable way, okay? So zoom in on the Bible project that'll help you get a, get, start to whet your appetite for the Word of God. And you will see that it is all connected. You will see that it is all um, very important. So people are still zooming in, which is, which is cool. I'll stand out of the way. Um, one, one other thing in terms of daily Bible reading, I wanted to share with you a link, and I shared this on Facebook a while back um, uh, for the audio Bible. So for some of us, we're driving to work and we're stuck in traffic in Austin for an hour. Um, and for about, in, in, in about 30 minutes a day, you can literally read through the entire Bible in a year. 
And this is the audio Bible for that. It, this, this is a link to that website. It's updated every day. Um, and, it's, and the guy reading it has an incredible voice. I think um, Billy Graham had like said he's like got the best voice, whatever. And he really has a really great voice. He shares like a five-minute thought before the reading about what it's about. There's this little music going on. And then he reads the, the, the Bible, some from the Old Testament, some from the New Testament, some from Psalms, and some from Proverbs every day. It takes about 30 minutes. So this is something, honestly, his voice is enjoyable. <laughs> so it'll be something that'll be enjoyable to you. If you find it hard to read, sometimes if I'm feeling unmotivated to read my Bible, I'll listen to this guy and I'll be like, oh yeah, I, I like the Bible. I remember that, you know. It just helps bring about that enjoyment. So this is a link um, for you to look at. Also, um, in terms of marriage, something that Ro and I have found to be very helpful is, uh, is, is a guy by the name of Jimmy Evans. Peter and Jalisha led a small group on him. And so I wanted to give you guys a link for a, a Jimmy Evans YouTube um, channel. And Jimmy and, and his wife, they share on marriage, uh, I think it's called the Marriage Podcast, Marriage Today Podcast. And so they, ha they deal with great issues. And it's, this is something about once a week, my wife and I, we try to listen to one of his podcasts because like you can get so zeroed in on your version of marriage that it's really helpful to get somebody else who's, who's a, a biblical teacher giving you God's perspective on marriage, right? And uh, then and then we'll talk about it, okay? So I listened to that uh, today. What did you think about it? If you're married, this is really great. And even if you're not married, this is a good tool to get you ready for what to look for in a spouse. He talks about the four needs of men, the four needs of women, the the laws of serving, the laws of love. Anyway, he's got some great stuff, so zoom in and take that. And then one other thing, just financially, if you want some, fi if you want to get financially smarter, Dave Ramsey is somebody, he uh, started off in the Christian circles, and he's kind of expanded now. Um, once again, I'm not saying I agree with everything he says. He's kind of rude sometimes, but he's got some good, some good financial, um, some sound financial advice about getting out of debt, how to do that. And just by listening to him once a week, it'll help shift your appetite. Because for many of us who struggle with finances, you know, things that are healthy like paying off debt is not enjoyable.